Hi, I'm Michelle Kelly, editor of Cottage Life Magazine. Here we are, already at episode five of season three of the Cottage Life podcast. This week, we'll be chatting all things cottage design and decor with Canadian television star and interior designer Gillian Harris. And in our essay from the Cottage Life archives, we'll consider one of my favorite topics, cottage kitsch. This is the Cottage Life Podcast, where every day is the weekend. Hey, Cottage Coach Adam Holman here. If you know me, you know I spend a lot of time outdoors. Whether I'm camping with my family or fishing in my top secret spot, there's nowhere I'd rather be than in the wild. But... We all have to head home at some point, and I'm pretty sure the mosquitoes have put a homing device on me, because sometimes they can be just as annoying in my backyard. So when I'm back in the city, I use the Backyard Mosquito Lamp Insect Repellent from Off. Whether I'm hosting a backyard party or gathering by the campfire with my family, the lamp provides mosquito repellency for all occasions. All I have to do is activate the repellent diffuser by lighting the candle and it releases an active ingredient that repels those pesky mosquitoes for up to six hours. Which means, I might never have to head inside again. Interior designer Jillian Harris first rose to fame in 2009, when she starred on the American reality television series, The Bachelorette. Since then, her career has taken several interesting turns, both on television, starring in Love It or List It Vancouver, and off as the founder of Gillian Harris Design. She's also become an influential force on social media, where she promotes several ventures, including the Jilly Box and the Jilly Academy. Beyond that, her passions are many, including family, social impact, advocacy, fashion, food, and more. In recent years, she's added a new passion to the list, cottaging. She and her partner, Justin, and their two small children, Annie and Leo, became the owners of an old farmhouse in Kelowna, BC. She's joining me now to talk about that experience, as well as sharing her tips on how to make any cottage space your own on a budget. Thanks so much for joining us on the podcast, Jillian. No, thank you for having me. Um, we're a big fan of Cottage Life, and I just joined the like Cottage Life Life, so I'm pretty happy to be here. Welcome to the club, because I know that you just fairly recently purchased a summer property. So tell me all about it. You know what? It's not even a summer. It's almost even better in the winter. Ah, It's incredible. I mean, this place is pretty uh, bare bones. There is no AC, no dishwasher, no washer and dryer, no TV. Very, I don't even think we could plug a radio in. Like It always blows the breaker. Um, right. But it's incredible. We love it down there. It's full of all of the, the things, sunshine and spiders and mice and dust. And we just love every moment of it. And um, every time I wake up there, I look around and I think, how many dresses could I fit into this one closet for this just to be our life all the time? Like, I think like, what would I have to get rid of? Like, could we do this? Could we be here full time? Yeah. You know what? It's funny. A lot of people say that to me. You can imagine yeah. I've been working at Cottage Life a long time, 
But I always say to them, you know, careful, because would you love it as much if you had as much time there? Would it feel as magical? Would it feel as an escape the way that, you know, if it if you invited all your life yeah, into it? I know this because we usually stay down there like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, right? Sometimes Friday, Saturday. But by Sunday morning, even though there's a shower there and there's a sink, for some reason I'm not showering. I'm not brushing my teeth. I'm like, I'm not changing my clothes. Like, I'm like, I need to go home and have a shower and do some laundry. Like, I don't yeah. know why. I just like, I forget even about self-care while I'm down there. But 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 on the first night, I'm like, this is heaven. I could live here. On yeah. the third or fourth night, I'm like, get me a, a toothbrush. Um, I'm a bit dirty. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I know exactly the feeling. It's kind of yeah. nice. You just you just check out for a bit, and and you, exactly. that's, that's the joy of it. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, tell me a bit about the place itself. So, where is it, and how did you find it, and what kind of place is it? So, we started looking a couple of years before COVID, even before Annie was born. And we just could not find anything that we fell in love with. Um, we're in Kelowna um, and my whole family and extended family is on the West side. So we felt like we needed to be closer to them. And we wanted a view of the lake because obviously in Kelowna, like that, the lake is everything. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, as you know, it's very, it, like, it started to get expensive. Okay. So you want an acreage? with a view of the lake on the west side, it just wasn't really possible to find. Right, right, right. And so we sort of gave up. And when COVID hit, we started thinking about like, what happens if we ever had to be off the grid? Or like, what happens if we actually had to provide for ourselves? And yeah. um, we started looking again. And Justin's dad said, oh, you remember Jenny who sells the peaches? I think her cousin's selling their place next door. Like, it was kind of like a friend of a friend sort of thing. So we went and looked at the property and it was a farm. And so, um, as you know, like once you have a farm it's status, you kind of have to keep it as a farm. Yes. Right? Yep. It, mm -hmm. That wasn't part of the plan. We don't know right. how to farm anything. But <laughs> when I saw the property, I actually broke down into tears. It's something about it. I'm going to start crying again. But something about it reminded me of my childhood in Alberta. Mm -hmm. Like there were Saskatoon berries and blackberries and like this beautiful path. And just like, it just, there was something about it. And I said to Justin, like, I, I have to live here. There's something that's so beautiful about this, this place. Like I have to figure it out. And he's like, oh my gosh, please no. Like now we have to be farmers. Like what are we going to farm? I'm like we'll figure it out. Like, well, I don't know. Maybe we'll, well do it. The, the other thing too is that from what I understand, like the place itself wasn't exactly ready for you the way you may have been ready for no, it. No, yeah, no, exactly. Yeah, so there was a little house on the property that was over 100 years old. Um, the house has only been lived in by two families over mm -hmm. the last hundred years. And the people who we bought it off of, the, the one woman lives next door. She was born there. And I believe like her mother was born there. Mm -hmm. So like amazing generations have been through that house, but it hadn't been lived in in about 15 years. And I actually, so weird, like knowing that I'm a designer, you'd think that I would see the potential, but I just didn't. Like right. I, I saw the potential of the property, but not the house. Well, you maybe and saw so, the work. Yeah, I was tired too. It was like the, a year and a half into COVID, and I just was exhausted. And yeah, so for 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 listeners who don't know, Justin is your husband, and you have two little kids. So of course you were exhausted. Yeah, we have two little kids. We have mm -hmm. between the two of us like four businesses, one house already up the street. Um, and so I just thought, let's just keep this property. We'll 
we had a um, we had a camping trailer. We'll park the camping trailer. We'll we'll live in that on the weekends, and one day we'll build a house here and we'll move here when we can afford it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first weekend after we took possession, my mom and my aunt and my cousins toured through the house and they're like, "Oh yeah, you gotta you gotta renovate this." I'm like, "No, no, 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 no. I'm not doing a renovation. Like the camping trailer is clean. That it's good enough." Mm-hmm. And so my cousin Tori says, "Just paint it all white so at least like in the winter we can sit inside and like make chili and play cards." So that was the idea. <laughs> yeah. Like you know, just a mean? little like, spot. Just a little spot that we could just get dry, just dry off. And I started to think, "Well, I'm going to I might need storage for like the camping gear and whatnot." So that was that. So my cousin Charles was going to paint it and he asked me what color of white. I'm like, I don't know, white, you know, everybody always asks designers, what color of white is it? I'm like, I don't uh, know, well, white. it is a trickier question than it seems. That's for sure. Yeah. So, um, so anyways, I go sit down on Pinterest and I type in like, I put on my glasses and I start clicking away like cottage interiors, white or whatever. And then the Pinterest images start coming up and I'm like, oh, Oh dear. Oh dear. Oh yes. Uh Uh-huh. Like within like 30 minutes, I'm like, we're going to need a contractor. That was on a Thursday. (laughs) That was on a Thursday. We started demo on Monday and we moved in legit, like probably six weeks later. So that is, that is an an actual definition of an occupational hazard, huh? When you get a new place in a Pinterest time on Pinterest. Yeah. And I'm like, Justin, we can do this for $5,000. He's like, $5,000. And in the end was closer to like 60, but still 60 is not bad. Well, I would say $60,000 for, you know, what sounds like a fairly derelict place and to bring it up to where you are now, which I know because I've seen photos is quite beautiful. So describe, describe the things you did as something that, that I found really um, appealing about it is that it really is, I mean, you're a high profile designer, you know, I think Canadians know you as someone who, you know, really makes things look gorgeous. And um, this is, this is not, um, a fancy place. It's mm-hmm. got a real style. It's very beautiful. Um, but it's describe a little bit about what the style is and why you intended to do that. Well, the first things first, I was tired as I had already re- recited. Um, and I just, my ego didn't have any juice left. So I didn't care what other designers and what other people were going to think about like, did the colors match? And did I use decor from such and such a place? And did I use like the trending flooring? Like I, when I chose flooring, I was either like rip out the old flooring and paint the floor or go to Home Depot and find the cheapest peel and stick, click and snap, whatever. Like I was like, I'm not worrying about it being fancy schmancy. Um, So I really did do like the cheapest version. I, I could do for the most part until he started to, to decorate it. Um, and then um, mostly everything. So what we did was we ripped out the flooring, was carpet, mm-hmm. and painted what we could. And what we couldn't paint, we did like um, the snap and this like just very cheap lin- laminate. laminate. Right. We painted all the walls. We didn't really add new molding. We did do a tongue and groove in the ceiling because the ceiling was like really warped and there was really not much we could do with the ceiling. Uh, we had to change most of the light fixtures, but most of the light fixtures we just got from either Home Depot or Wayfair. Mm-hmm. And um, some wallpaper in the kitchen, painted the cabinets. The cabinets are all, like, they're from the 1900s. They're all wonky and crooked, and they don't close properly, but we just painted them. Part of the charm. 
yeah, countertops were from Home Depot. Like I was like, I want that one. And we brought it home today, you know, like, mm-hmm. like the slab, you just threw it mm-hmm. down. Mm-hmm. Kept the original sink from the 1900s uh, where we really splurged. Oh, and sorry, most of the furniture was from Value Village or like I legit dumpster dive and <laughs> and Facebook. My favorite pillows were from a dumpster. I'm very proud of those. Uh, and it's not like I went dumpster diving. I just walked by a dumpster one day and there were some like beautiful crocheted pillows in the dumpster. Meant to be. Like, yeah, you're meant to come home with me. Um, so where we splurge was um, the appliances. I'm sure you've heard of North Star, Elmira. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. works so like custom mm-hmm. made yes, yes. They look like they're from the 50s they're very popular they come to the cottage life show yep i know exactly they are and they were such a dream to work with and they're the most beautiful pieces of appliances ever like they're just so gorgeous so that's where my budget was kind of blown right there and um we had to put a new roof on and there was a few things like a few decor items like i bought these uh beautiful throw pillows that are sort of like body pillows and they look like they're made from a burlap sack. So you'd think they were cheap, but I think they were like 200 bucks a piece or something. Right, right, right. right. So there's those like little charmy things that I'm like, ooh, yeah, I don't know if I need like a $400 vase in here. But I just, it's like, sometimes you need like one highbrow item to just like kind of pull it all together. Well, I think the thing that you're touching on here, and I love it, is... You know, we have a lot of our readers who get mad when things are too fancy. Like they'll write us letters and say, that's not a cottage. And, Mm -hmm. you know, we are always talking about what's a cottage and what's not a cottage. And, you know, where I always land on it is it the place that's the best representation of who you are. So you go there and you feel good there. And that that extends to what you put inside it and how you decorate in it. It sounds to me like, you know, you can look by those dumpster dove and dived pillows and think, yeah, cool. I got those like next to a $400 vase and like, that's cool too. And you're super proud of that stuff. And I I think, um, you know, to me, that's like squarely exactly what, what cottage decor is all about. Like anything goes, anything goes. Yeah. So that's cool. I think you did that. So I have to ask you because so many of our um, readers and fans come to us for all sorts of ideas and inspiration and, and, and how to tips. So you know, here I have a true expert. Um, what are some of your tips for people who are looking to update their cottage that might be a wreck and falling into the lake, but they love it as you loved yours, like, but they don't have a ton of money. Like, what are your secrets yeah. for that? Well, I think as long as it's safe, I'm doing the quotations here, Yeah. Um, because I'm sure there's still things about our cottage that aren't like that, like, like the electrical, I'm sure is still knob and tube behind the walls and whatnot. Right. Um, but we... We're like, we didn't care about crooked floors and crooked doors and crooked walls. Um, we just painted over all those things. Like, it didn't really matter. So our coffee table kind of sits on an angle and that's fine. It, yeah. it really doesn't matter. So try not to worry about making it perfect. Like, you'll just be so um, impressed and what, like, get every, get, if there's anything in there, just get everything out, give it a good scrub down, which is what we did. We got the kids involved. And then we we just threw a slap of paint over everything. And um you can add to the character by doing things like wallpaper and antiques and color on the ceiling um, and whatnot. So you can you can mask the imperfections by just basically adding more imperfections. Yeah, you know, was, yeah. lean into like, it. Yeah, right? Just really lean into it. Don't worry about things matching or like my mom would always go like, what's your color scheme? And what I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> just going for, I'm just going for it. Nature. Um, Nature is your color scheme. Exactly. Yeah. And um, so 
so that's that. And really like pick your your battles. I mean, a lot of our windows needed to be replaced and we just cleaned them up and, and did some, you know, mono, mono, like the spray foam in there and threw some paint over it. Especially if you don't have a lot of money, like it's, it's people are not coming to your cottage to judge you. People are coming to their cottage to make memories and have a safe place and they want it to feel rustic. So as long as you're, as long as it's clean ish. Yep. Yes. Agreed. Yeah. Um, And so almost everything was, was secondhand and um, it just came together and there were some things that didn't work. Um, So, you know, for people that are looking for advice, then you kind of become a Facebook marketplace person for a while because you're buying and selling, you're bringing things in. And then your husband's like, what the hell were you thinking? Like, didn't you measure that? And like, this is horrible and we got to get rid of that. And so you haul it back outside, you put it back on Facebook marketplace and you bring something back in. Right. And that's okay. I, uh, everything you're saying about it makes me think it's a, like the very definition of a cottage. So I'm, yeah. I'm excited for you. That's great. I even got our, I even, got our um, even our, our knives and forks from Value Village. All of our plates are from Value Village, all of our pots and pans everything like I didn't want one new item in there except for the fridge the fridge and stove had to be functioning right sure and and the lights yeah yeah and the lights yeah yeah um okay just shifting gears slightly here it's a bit of a uh Mm. philosophical question actually Mm. and then I want to hear what you're up to these days but um why do you think that cottaging is so important to Canadians? Like I'm in Ontario and here I think the culture is actually quite a bit different than it is out in, in BC and other places out West. Um, but I think there is the same sort of desire to get into the wilderness. Like, what do you think that's all about? Why do you think Canadians love that? Um, for me, it's like a con- connection back to my roots and my heritage and my grandma and just those simpler times Mm -hmm. and it's just like I just love the connection to not my fancy coffee machine and my fancy house and my fancy sheets like it's just bare bones yeah Yeah, well it's a connection it's like um Roy McGregor who uh, writes for Cottage Life a lot. He's an absolutely lovely man. And he, he one time said, and we say it to each other all the time at, at work, that um, cottaging is where you go to be your truest self. And right. you're kind of hitting on that too, you know, the connection yes. to your grandmother and, you know, the past and who you are really at your core. Yeah. And I think, I mean, it's, it's definitely coming out and talking to you. So um, tell us, Jillian, what are you up to these days? What, what's keeping you busy? Right now, um, the biggest things for us is actually the farm. So mm-hmm. we have started a flower farm. We sell cut flowers and we are just learning. This is our second year. And uh, we are actually going to be planting grapes in the spring. So we're going to give wine a try. Um, So that's really interesting. So those are two things kind of behind the scenes that not a lot of people know about. Um, But uh, I, I actually sort of quit Love It or List It shortly after Annie was born, only because I wanted more time with my family. Mm -hmm. Um, And I started a company called The Jilly Box. So it's sort of like a subscription box, but our goal is to to really support as many small women-owned businesses, businesses owned uh, by underrepresented groups. We have a huge give back component. We try to source items as much as possible that are handcrafted either in Canada or North America, and if not, are Canadian owned. So that is sort of my big baby right now. And then um, I actually started sort of an educational platform in 2020 called the Jilly Academy, and it helps 
small business owners, online creators, anybody in marketing kind of like wrap their head around um, making a business for themselves online? Well, you know what? I, as you're talking, it, I have to say, um, before I let you go, I, I think what's awesome about you is that you just take big swings all over the place <laughs> and try new stuff. And I mean, it's really inspirational. And I, uh, I'm really excited um, to see what's next. So thank you for coming on and telling us all about your place, which seems like heaven on earth with all those flowers, I'm sure. And uh, good luck with the wine. I'll be, next time I'm out west, I'll go taste some. 100%. Come by. If you love flowers, wine, lake, chatting, which I think you love all those things. <laughs> I do indeed. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Jillian. I really appreciate the time you've taken with us today. Likewise. Thank you for having me. You can follow Jillian's adventures on Instagram at Jillian.Harris. Cottages are beloved by their owners for lots of reasons including the many random things we fill them up with. Old coffee mugs, interesting art, and other odd items handed down through generations are prized possessions at the lake in a way they never would be in the city. But what happens when you buy a new place? How do you introduce that special cottage charm when you don't have a special history quite yet? It's a problem that writer Ellen Vanstone pondered in her essay, Keeping Up With The Neighbors, from the June 1993 issue of Cottage Life. Here it is now read by Jennifer Kingsley. Three years ago, we went shopping for a cottage. Our requirements were simple. All we wanted was a picturesque shack surrounded by rocks and pines. You know, a couple of bedrooms, a big living room with a stone fireplace, a wraparound veranda, and a century's worth of memorabilia accumulated by the original owners. Strangely, such places turned out to be exceedingly rare, at least in our price range. We eventually found rocks and pine, but they came with a brand new, perfectly pristine split-level prefab. Hydro, hot and cold running water, wall-to-wall -wall carpeting in the bedrooms, and all the charm of a suburban motel. It didn't help when Art and I met our neighbors. On one side were Myron and Clara, whose cluttered log cabin had been the hunting lodge of a hundred-year-old estate. On the other side were Buddy and Flo, who designed and built their own cabin guesthouse, sheds, and decks, all of which were filled with toys, tools, and ten years' worth of familiabilia. We traipsed back to our barren prefab and focused on the efficiency of the R30 insulation and the million-watt fluorescent light fixture in the kitchen. We were desperate to decorate, but we didn't know where to begin. Hammering the fire hole in unmarred cedar walls was too traumatic to contemplate. Besides, we didn't have much of anything to hang on them. Finally, we put up a Navajo rug. Big mistake. It only accentuated the fact that there wasn't a single other cottage collectible in the place. We sorely felt the absence of clutter. Luckily, we had relatives. They gave us old linens, brown and white plaid sheets, orange and brown throws, navy pillowcases, brown and yellow towels, and not a complete set in the lot. These certainly helped take the edge off our holiday inn look. Then Art's parents donated an ancient wood stove. Big, dirty, and horribly inefficient. We loved it. And after I dropped a couple of hot lids, which left round burn marks on the pristine carpet, we were well on the way, as I kept telling Art, to the we've-been-here-forever ambiance we craved. The second year, I bought a can of taupe paint and painted over the white drywall in the kitchen. 
the results were ghastly, as Art pointed out when he returned the following weekend. That's not taupe. It's brown, he said. No matter. I went paint crazy. I obliterated the too clean look of the Ikea furniture by painting it dark green. It looked so good, I used the same green to cover up the taupe. Perhaps I got carried away. After an unpleasant scene with Art over the matter of some laminated maple bookshelves he has recently built, and which I thought needed a good coat of enamel, I put the paint away. After three years of admiring our Navajo rug, dirty wood stove, bare green walls, and R30 insulation, we knew something was still missing, but we were stuck in metropolitan home and didn't know how to get out. It was the lamp that finally helped us break through the barrier into true cottage-style decor. Another gift from Art's parents. It has a ceramic base with little figures and a red shade made of old Venetian blinds. Kitsch if there ever was. We weren't sure we wanted it until Art's sister said she wanted it, which made us realize we had to have it. We sat it on the counter, plugged it in, and had a laugh, and it's been there ever since. In fact, we recently acquired its mate, a prancing steed wearing another Venetian lampshade. The lamps were quickly followed by a dozen family photos scattered across a nearby wall. Then, after three years without a cottage guest book, we couldn't find one to meet our exacting design standards. We started taking Polaroids of friends and making them create their own twig, bark, and painted cardboard frames for the bathroom guest gallery. Old posters were unfurled and ruthlessly plastered on every available wall. We stopped living out of overnight bags and imported Goodwill drawers for the bedroom. We hung up Art's toy boat and plane to get them out of the way and liked the way they looked. We drilled holes all over the cedar walls for coat and hat pegs. Everything is still too new, but we know that with time, a continuing influx of clutter and a little courage on our part, our cottage will be as properly shabby as any other on the bay. Hey, Cottage Coach Adam Holman here. You know, some cottagers are all about the view. Me? I embrace the smells. Whether it's the scent of conifers after a good rain, or the Canadian bacon in my cast iron skillet. And that's why I like to use off gentle insect repellent during my outings. This deep free formula isn't oily or greasy. You won't even know you have it on. And it's odor free, so I can enjoy every breath when I'm outdoors. So I can focus on the smells of nature without hearing the sounds of mosquitoes when I'm in the woods. Twenty twenty two marks the thirty fifth year of cottage life. To celebrate, we've asked our readers for some messages about why they love the brand. Longtime subscriber Karen Claire Kosky sent us this charming message that talks about her own cottaging milestones. Your first decade of publication helped me dream about cottage ownership. We could only dream back then. My husband and I met in 1991, and we both wanted a getaway. By your second decade, we had kids and finally bought a property that we realistically called a cabin. It was all of that, just a cabin. Your issues taught, informed, and influenced what we did at our cabin. 
We transitioned it from a clear-cut trailered lot into a naturalized acre of wilderness that it is today. Eventually we built, mm -hmm, all the while learning about septics, property maintenance, wildlife, and what other people were doing. And we learned it from you. We've had our property for 20 years now. Our kids are grown and gone, and now we are the source of, how do we do this, mom and dad? Now into your third decade, your content, of course, is still delightful. But now I've learned and failed so much on my own that I can read one of your articles and say, oh, hell, I could have written that. That's it for this episode. Thanks for joining us. Please take a minute to subscribe to this podcast so that each new episode will automatically download to your app and be ready for you to enjoy. We'll have new episodes every Thursday throughout the summer. And please leave us a review. It helps people find us. And speaking of subscribing, let me share a few reasons why you should subscribe to Cottage Life. The magazine offers you more of the same great content you heard today, including all of the things you don't know you don't know about life at the lake. And by supporting the magazine, you're also supporting this podcast. So podcast listeners get a special deal. Subscribe today and you'll get six issues plus a free copy of our amazing Cottage Spaces booklet, which features our favorite cottages from 35 years of publishing. All this for just $24.95. To sign up, visit cottagelife.com slash podoffer. Our sound design is by Amanda Fusco. This podcast is produced by Catherine Jun and me. Michelle Kelly. I'll see you on the dock. Mm -hmm.